I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Atkinson and Alice Kerwood, um, both physical education specialists um, currently at the Alice Smith School uh, in Malaysia. Um, so welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining um, for our conversation. Into my first question, um, good to, to dive straight in. So I'd love to know what inspired you both to, um, to get into teaching um, and, and education in the first place. Yeah, um, for me, it would probably be based on two kind of placements that I had at university, really, that kind of ignited my passion in the first place. One was working with disadvantaged uh, groups within the northeast of England, and I was like quite fortunate enough to do um, like multi-sport programs with disadvantaged groups in uh, like drug rehabilitation clinics. Um, that was like quite eye-opening, but I was able to see the power of sport um, through that program. And the second would be on a, a placement I um, worked at in Africa, in Ghana, um, as a player coach. And again, I was able to see the impact I could have on um, some of the young academy players, whether it was like from a sporting perspective or just from a broader perspective as well in, in like teaching them life skills that really kind of ignited my passion. Fantastic, what about you, Alice? Um, probably slightly different to Mark. I think that I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher uh, and from quite a young age. And initially that um, was very much primary teacher focused and that didn't actually change until I entered sixth form where I kind of, um, my passion for PE um, came ahead of that as an option as I was kind of considering my university choices uh, similar in terms of opportunities I had from summer camps and working with children from a sport perspective um, and just the thought that I wasn't really sure what else I was going to do so I thought um, I'm definitely going to give teaching a try um, and it wasn't until uh, like I said about sixth form then I considered kind of where that took me down the PE route as opposed to more of a primary focused route. And, and regarding your, both your journeys um, within education to date, if you could highlight a bit about, about each of your journeys um, to, to where we are today. And, um, and yeah, we'll, I know you both touched on this um, just a minute ago, but um, yeah, just to sort of elaborate a bit more about why you both chose to, to specialise in the subject of physical education. Uh, yeah, I touched on it briefly uh, as well. And, and I think it's mainly due to the, the power sport can have, um, whether it's an escape from the drug rehabilitation, um, which I was fortunate enough to, to like witness in an early age or like as an escape from poverty. Like, and again, like a number of our academy players were um, really kind of stuck in poverty and used sport as an escape, um, not necessarily directly through sport, but as an opportunity to seek uh, like scholarships over in the US and things like that. Um, so just being able to see that and seeing the power of sport, whether it was something like, at, like an extreme end like that, escaping from drug rehabilitation or poverty or something just like looking at the impact sport can have in developing like social skills among students. So that, that really kind of um, got me hooked on sport and physical education. Yeah, I was based in a school in Southeast London for seven years, um, which I would say um, taught me everything that I know now. And I think it was a great place to start my career in teaching. And then I was talking to friends that had already moved internationally and maybe didn't bite the bullet as early as I could have in terms of I'm going to go and do this but then I think a little bit later I am um, decided to do so and now yeah four years later I am where I am and I very much um obviously I'm staying internationally um and I previously held more of pastoral leadership roles but now I've kind of transitioned that through to curriculum um and more of a PE and sport focus 
And just interestingly, um, you know, obviously, Mark, you touched on there that um, physical education can really help those sort of essential skills um, building for, for students um, uh, and sort of, I suppose, you know, older adults alike as well. Um, that's sort of an article that, that you guys submitted for, for ISN as well, which was fascinating. So we'll, we'll, we'll put a link in, um, in, 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 this, in this article to, to that, that piece as well so people can read through. Um, and yeah, very interesting to, to hear about that. And, and what, what is it about the international um, school um, school scene that, that attracted you both? Um, and what was it about teaching overseas that, um, that sort of triggered that 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 move to to, to want to go there? Yeah, again, through um, during my time at university, like that that was when I uh, went overseas to to Ghana, and I, I don't know, I just um, kind of fell in love with like the, the opportunity of teaching overseas. And I only spent like one year in the UK, then immediately moved overseas to first to the Middle East, then to Southeast Asia in Vietnam and Malaysia. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I just liked the, it was just so different. Um, all of the students you work with on a, on a daily basis are just completely different. And every day is a, a completely different challenge, um, albeit like completely different settings. I think for me, it was kind of more of an opportunity to do something completely different and to um, work with children from different cultures, different nationalities and be exposed to that. And equally, um, as a PE teacher, I think the international teaching world is really appealing. Anything from the changes in weather that we don't have to part without in Southeast Asia that we did in the UK through to um, now where we have such a big sporting network through the Fabicias, through the CSACs and the opportunities that children have to take that PE further through a sport avenue as well um, has really been appealing to me. And the facilities that are on offer to us as teachers are unreal, especially the ones that we're lucky to have at the Alice Smith School. And again, it just makes our day-to-day -day job that little bit easier um, with less challenges. And then as a result, I feel personally that I've really been able to focus on my teaching and learning and development for students and how we can kind of give them that love for PE, which perhaps I found more difficult in the UK with some of the challenges that students I was teaching there were facing day to day. And, and so move, moving on to that now, now learning piece and, and specifically around professional development um, with um, with staff. Um, so, so you both have you know created this this um, this this very interesting you know tailored bespoke professional development journey within within your department. So we're going to touch on that in a in, in a minute, but. Um, I'd love to know, you know, firstly, what each of your thoughts are on why you think tailoring um, professional development um, for, for staff in schools is so important. I think first and foremost, from, from like a more direct perspective, it allows you to, to obviously develop your professional learning program to meet the needs of staff members. And it can therefore be like bespoke and subjective to their needs, um, which in turn impacts the, um, the needs of learners and, and meets the demands of, of your curriculum and the curriculum you're offering. And, and from there, it means like things can be um, things can be tweaked, um, whether it's things like providing conversations for differentiation or um, providing the foundations to discuss a particular class who, who may have different needs to another class. Um, all of that can be done um, by tailoring this kind of professional um, development and professional learning. And I think from slightly from a slightly broader perspective as well, it provides opportunities for staff to interact and collaborate and, and to build relationships. Um, and can certainly be impactful on a, such a, a broader scale than what you would typically get on, on just kind of any course or any professional learning course online or something like that. 
think um, in terms of a broader scale as well, and perhaps where it kind of started for me would be that, um, firstly, I felt as a head of department that our meetings were becoming quite admin heavy and that there was a real opportunity to move away from that and to try and really utilise the time that we had together, which we all know as teachers is so rare to come across and we're constantly under different pressures, people within the department that have got different roles. And from that, trying to make sure that we are making the most of that time when we come together as a group of PE staff. And down to simple things, such as the fact that I'm a practical learner, I always was as a child, and that was um, something that I prefer. And as a head of department, I have sat in an admin heavy meeting and felt that one, mine was the only voice that was being heard um, in terms of, and people were perhaps switching off as a result of that, but equally that some of the information wasn't necessarily going in and therefore it was better to get up and do. And the benefits that we've then seen of, of that as a department, primarily for the students, which is what we're, what we're doing it for, um, I think the rewards have been great and kind of we've, we've seen that this year. And I think going back to the original reason that we did it as well, to move away from those admin heavy, but also through COVID, I'm guilty as a professional quite early on in my career, feeling that I needed to expose myself to external providers, to gain qualifications so that I had them for my CV, whether it came to applying for a different role within my school or externally. And I feel that we can move away from that and that there's there are real benefits to them in terms of specialists, for example, trampolining courses that we'd attend as PE teachers are necessary for health and safety, the same with life-saving for delivering swimming, but equally, they're not bespoke and tailored to our students and their needs within our specific environment as an international setting so that's something where yeah okay I might have a trampolining leaders coaching qualification but on that course did I gain the skills to deliver the teaching and learning that's required for our students in a PE setting and that could perhaps be argued. Very interesting yes and 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 sort of looking looking at that as um as to how you develop this at, at the Alice Gismore within within your within your department specifically um you know we've, we've touched on a few of the reasons why why you develop these tailored PD sessions um and it'd be great to just understand a bit more about how you went around structuring those sessions you know you, you had this idea to, to to sort of create a bespoke environment um for, for staff within within your department um so what was the sort of the first step that you went through to um thinking about how you are going to um to, to structure these sessions, time frame wise, um, length of each session, that kind of thing. It'd be great if you could touch on that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll kick off, but I think Alice will give more information on the, the structuring of it all. It's certainly, um, it's certainly her baby with regard to all of that. Um, but I think just um, prior to going into that, I think COVID certainly kind of sparked all of this because we, um, we were obviously forced to kind of adapt our curriculum and had no opportunity to pursue these external courses or like external professional learning opportunities. So, but as a result, we were able to reflect upon our curriculum, uh, reflect upon the strengths of our department as well, um, and identify ways in which we could meet the needs of our learners. And as a result, we, we then began to start developing like professional learning communities or working parties within our departments to focus on particular areas that we were going to then um, deliver to, to learners. Um, we had to consider so many different things such as like how we were delivering it during hybrid learning as well um or solely online learning and i remember like that just by, by being able to work collaboratively and, and coming together within like partnerships within our teams we were able to produce uh, fantastic resources 
um, that again met the needs of our learners and, and allowed us to, to accommodate all of their needs. Yeah, and I think from what Mark said there in terms of how it kind of then grew from COVID for us as a department, as a faculty. Um, so we had those smaller groups and we really collaborated throughout and we were, we were already in the position where the relationships had been built within the department, where people were bouncing ideas off one another, where they were meeting individually in smaller groups and then bringing that back and sharing it with the team. So often we'd come together in a meeting like this online and the three that had been working on it for the week would present it to the rest of the team. And then when we came back into school and we dealt with the whole transition of the start of this year, kind of in, out, when are things going to open up, what restrictions are going to allow us to deliver what on our curriculum, we then made a decision where we felt comfortable with the plan that we had in place for term three and we were able to move forwards to focus on a professional development area within our weekly meetings. And I think that that's something that we're extremely lucky to have is a weekly meeting, which isn't necessarily timetabled, but it's something that we look for as a slot in the week where everybody within the department is free. And then it's just become more of a um, expectation really that we then use that time to come together and discuss anything curriculum based, but also in a normal year sporting program based as well from our head of sport and from our director of sport that would bring that information into the meetings. So in that weekly meeting slot, the way we kind of went about introducing it this term was to bring to the table, okay, so what is our current needs of our learners on the con content of the curriculum that we are going to be delivering? Um, and where does our staff expertise and experience lie to try and either just give everybody a refresher in within those sessions or to um, give people new ideas to bring to, the, to their lessons? And um, we had a great one that was firstly delivered from our vice principal um, and um, again, I think there it was key for buying to kind of get the vice principal to model it in terms of who I selected to deliver that first session to put other staff members at ease that when they were going to deliver it, that it was low stakes, low pressure. And it was just an opportunity for us to share good practice as professionals. And um, because he delivered his tennis session at the same time that we were all delivering tennis, the buzz around the department the following the rest of the week of, oh, Richard, I gave that a try and that worked really well with my group or I had to adapt it in this way. And those conversations were then happening daily within our office. Um, and you could see that people had really taken it from that. And I think that that then kind of pushed me forwards to put it in place for the remainder of the term as much as possible, um, obviously avoiding pressure points where we could um, to try and ensure that everyone felt um, that they could bring something to the table. And as a result, every single member of the department signed up to deliver something that they felt comfortable with. Um, and also in terms of that structure, we didn't put a um, specific, specific time on it. So people could either bring 10 minutes of um, PD to the table, 20 minutes, or they could take the whole meeting slot if they felt that it would be more beneficial so that staff had their own choice. And we've seen real ranges in that of what people have chosen to do as well. And again, I think that just helps with getting them on side and saying, yeah, actually, I can bring this. I haven't maybe got an hour's worth of ideas, but I've got um, enough here that I feel like I could make a difference to your lesson. Very interesting. And, and, and just sort of touching on a couple of points you mentioned there, Alice, um, you mentioned the, the vice principal came, came with, a, with a great session that sort of you know, um, brought uh, or galvanized um, staff members together. Could you maybe just uh, elaborate on that a little bit as to, as to what that looked like and, um, and, and sort of how that, how that was received and, and um, yeah, how it sort of inspired others to, to come forward and bring their ideas to the table? 
Yeah, so he actually had a conversation with me and said, I'm really um, happy to deliver the first session if you'd like to. And it was really lovely of him to come forward and offer that. And I kind of grabbed that opportunity for all of the reasons that I've explained previously. Um, and um, he's a tennis uh, expert and he'll hate me for saying that, but he's got a real love for it. Um, and um, he actually is new to the school this year. So he's brought in lots of ideas that perhaps the rest of us haven't had in the last few years. Um, and he actually um, is very much into the Spanish tennis system. And that's kind of where he tailored his session around. So it was new. It was interesting for all of us. A lot of us, I personally had never come across that system of teaching before. And um, yeah, we went down to the tennis courts. We had the whole team there from support PE support staff um, our technician, our swim coaches through to obviously all of our PE teachers. Um, and um, the session that was delivered was really broken down and we were shown progressions, but we were allowed to have a go at them. And also then he'd speak through and obviously speed up and say, OK, well, this is where you could focus on this. And these are the areas of content that you could perhaps afford to miss with certain age groups. And then um, I know that I immediately started my short tennis unit with my year seven girls a week later. And I knew going into that lesson that I had a lot of new content to bring in and try it. And I, across that period of five weeks that I delivered it, really saw the difference in the kids. And that had all come from the knowledge that I'd taken from him that I didn't have before. And I think that my students made more progress as a result of his, his expertise that he'd shared with me in an area that maybe I was less confident in previously. Yeah, if I could just add on to that as well, yeah. like some of the, the additional benefits of, of that session, like obviously the some of the conversations that arose from those types of sessions, like obviously first and foremost, like the, the, the different progressions that were offered were then like tailored to different year groups, for example, on different ability groups. But then some of the conversations that came out after that were like ways in which we could embed our core values into things like tennis, which I don't think we'd really considered before. Like how could we demonstrate kindness and care through um, through feeding the ball to partners um, and just like by having those types of conversations and particularly including um, a vice principal in those conversations. And um, it, it's really fantastic, like for our, our departmental culture, really good to have. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and looking at the impact now to, to your students, um, obviously getting everyone involved and, and idea sharing around, around staff members, um, you know, has clearly been an inspiring sort of move and, and, and step change. Um, how was this sort of fed down to, um, to, the, to the learners ultimately? Because that's, that's why we're all doing it, I suppose, isn't it? And uh, it'd be great to, to, to learn a bit about, about those, um, those impacts, if, if there's one particular um, impact that stands out in, in your mind um, as sort of being, being had um, as part of this, that, that would be great. Um, yeah, Alice, do you want to? Uh, in terms of the impact, I think it's just that, um, again, the different approach to teaching that perhaps people wouldn't have taken and that kind of um, new ideas that they're then bringing to the table to try and re-energise, to try and re-motivate, um, and the way that that particular tennis session was delivered um, was, sold, was sold to us as well that this is how you can get students more involved. So going back to what Mark was saying, simple things, but understanding the importance of having a feeder and having 30 tennis balls available to the student as opposed to two made such a difference to the time that the students could spend on that particular focus within the lesson. And as a result, the teamwork, the communication, the collaboration that we then saw within that um, just happened naturally and it filtered through the lesson just because of a simple change that we'd made 
from previously me being worried as a head of department that we were going to lose every tennis ball we owned in the faculty in that one lesson and therefore we could only open so many to actually the difference of getting loads out there and just getting them involved and then getting the kids um being more active as a result of it which is what we want them to be we want them to be as active as possible throughout that lesson and as a result the students progress that, that i saw in that block of five weeks work um was huge especially with some that couldn't even hit it over the net to start with just from those real breaking it down going back to basics for our year seven students and um, so yeah i think that that's where i saw a real impact um in my particular lessons as well Yeah, I think um, similar to, to what Alice mentioned, I, I think a lot of the the sessions that were offered were were very much learning and teaching centered rather than solely from like a technical perspective where you're, you're literally just learning different skills within a sport. So, for example, um, being able to um, identify ways in which you can best support your learners, whether that's something like in gymnastics, like different progressions in a forward role which ultimately impacted upon like a learner's confidence or things like um, developing your aquatics program to make it more engaging to get more students in the water, for example, like going beyond simply like developing strokes in swimming, looking at ways in which you can develop that aquatics curriculum to make it more engaging and, and interactive for learners. And I think that's been embedded across all of the, the professional learning sessions that we've done. Um, and again, that's I, I feel that's the benefit of having a, a tailored kind of bespoke professional learning program and um, beyond just like identifying um, courses online um, tailoring it to, to your own needs or or to your school's kind of development plan and can have a real impact on your learners just to touch on that um, very interesting about you know integrating it into the curriculum as you as as you learn and, and go with these sessions how how, how have you done that sort of incrementally? You mentioned these sort of week on week sessions where, where staff members come together and share their different piece of expertise and, and bring it to the table. Um, how, how has that feedback loop been, been integrated within um, helping develop those learnings into the curriculum? I think that naturally people tended to focus on where they could offer that would benefit us this term when we introduced it. So when I asked people to consider and gave a few examples of what could be delivered, that was already tailored around where we were moving with the curriculum and where perhaps the, the current gaps were. And I think that came from where we had to make so many changes to where we were still following strict um, SOPs up until only a month ago, um, we had to all change our practice. So we also needed to build staff's confidence with how to manage that situation and how to make sure that when we're grouping students and how we're using the space as much as possible, and kind of go back to basics ourselves as PE professionals. Um, but equally, I think that it's just identifying where those gaps are and the relevance to us, but also to the students and trying to make sure that we weren't trying to deliver something that we weren't going to look at for a few more months, because again, perhaps that would involve our affect our engagement in the session and our takeaways. Um, whereas when it's fresh in anyone's mind, um, you know how often you might go to an inset and then try something the next day. But then trying to do what Mark said there about embedding the overall reason that we've put this in place is to ensure that we are increasing student engagement, that they're enjoying their PE lessons, that they're motivated, that they want to make progress and that they can identify the other areas that PE has to offer 
they're not just there to develop their skill set, but also they're looking at those core school values that we've really focused on as a department, trying to pull them out of students and explicitly deliver them, but also deliver them naturally and for them to just occur as a result of the interactions that students are having with one another. And I think that that's what's allowed us to do that um, as staff members is trying to have an overall, what is the reason we're doing this? We're not trying to build a skill set for us to have only drills to deliver, but we're trying to understand as staff, what, what do we want to, students to gain from this unit of work from more of a holistic approach, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and just touching on something you mentioned there, Alice, the, the fact that it obviously to do this, you know, you have to bring everyone along with you, I suppose, don't you, within, within the departments. And have there been any specific challenges where, where it does regard perhaps, you know, confidence or, or that kind of thing? Um, yeah, just, just touching a couple of those challenges and perhaps how you overcame them to, um, yeah, to sort of drive, drive this initiative forwards. I don't know. So, first of all, I think we're incredibly lucky as a team in terms of, um, like I said previously, like we really did build on those, that collaboration, those relationships that we have professionally with one another and where our focus, what our goals are and kind of our strategic direction that we're trying to move in, um, like we've touched upon quite a few times in terms of that physical education, that holistic approach, what can we offer as a subject that students can then transfer into other subjects, into their wider school life, but also outside of school as well. Um, so I think that that's something that we've all been driven towards as well, achieving as a team. And yeah, we're very lucky that people do feel comfortable delivering sessions to one another. And like I touched upon, having the support staff in there as well, having them comfortable enough to get themselves to throw themselves in because they've very much become part of our team. They've very much been team teaching, delivering lots of content for us, perhaps where their original roles as swim coaches were perhaps void for two years as a result of COVID. And as a they've been a lot more used um, in that sense and they've been brilliant um, I think that time constraints like I touched on could be a challenge for lots of people I and mean, like I said we're lucky enough to have that weekly slot but having that buy-in of we're going to use this time and it's going to benefit us and therefore we can as a result have that diversity of sessions have that relevance of sessions of upcoming um, and then things that have unfolded we have had a couple of pressure points <laughs> sorry what I was trying to say was in terms of yeah we have had a few um, times this term when actually it hasn't been the right time to deliver that we actually need to come together as a team and look at something that's a pressing matter so just putting it on hold and not being afraid to do that um, but again also picking who I've done that with so making sure that perhaps my session is the one that takes a back step and that I've not asked someone to plan for a session on a date and then it's impacted them so uh, being kind of quite um, picky I guess with who I've kind of asked to postpone it or to delay their session if necessary. Brilliant. And, and, and now to my, my, you know, my last question, I suppose, it would be, um, you know, if a school is, is fantastic what you guys have done and, um, and, it, and it shows that it really is impacting learners. So is there any, are there any pieces of advice or, or sort of initial tips that, that you might give a school um, that is perhaps, you know, obviously this is relating to physical education, but I'm sure there's lots of lessons that can be learned um, for other departments to sort of think about how they can tailor these sessions like, like you guys have done. Um, are there any sort of tips or initial initial things that you might advise schools or other departments that, that want to do something like this as to where they might start? Uh, for me, I would certainly uh, begin by identifying the needs of learners and then almost working backwards from there and identifying ways in which you can either support staff members in supporting learners um, uh, or by providing ways in which you could 
and develop professionally in order to, to enhance the, the delivery or whatever you are offering. Um, and I think just to touch on what we, we just spoke about as well, I think um, providing opportunities to collaborate from the start or from, from the from the offset, um, it develops that buy-in uh, or that, that investment early on. So planning the curriculum early on and collaboratively as well um, provides the foundation to then um, develop professional learning throughout the term. And it creates a nat natural kind of feedback loop, a bit like you, you alluded to, um, of like planning, doing and reviewing. Uh, but by being invested from, from that planning stage and then working collaboratively in supporting each other through professional learning, um, it's just resulted in like natural conversations with how these sessions have gone, what tweaks could be made to, to impact upon a different kind of ability set or a, a different kind of age group. And that's just kind of come naturally, I think. Yeah, and just to add on there, I think that what Mark's referring to in terms of that collaboration is to collaboratively identify the areas that we want to develop as a team. And that is something that comes from the strategic plan for the year and where our focuses have been. And I've referred to where that was for us as a department, being able to identify those areas as a team. And then people know that, OK, well, we, we asked for that to be on the curriculum. So now where could you require that help or that assistance to develop your lesson content further so that you um, are in a position to ensure that the students make as much progress as possible across that um, duration of delivery. So, yeah. And I think, again, something I mentioned earlier was the kind of like low pressure, low stakes, um, no kind of you must do this. Um, it's an it's an expectation. That's not the case at all. Just kind of if you want to bring something to the table for 10 minutes, if you want to do it as a starter, um, if you want to take the whole lesson, go ahead and um, do as much or as little as you'd like to. Very interesting. Yeah. So, so, so not putting too much pressure on each individual um, staff member to have to come to the table with a, you know, an hour presentation or something, you know, even if they want to share something that they've learned or, or that they can bring to the table for maybe five or 10 minutes, then that's, then that's a great step change, isn't it? Um, and, and if everyone's doing that together, um, it's only going to benefit, benefit learners in, in the best way possible and, and staff as well, I imagine, with that collaboration, like you said, and um, sharing ideas, opening those avenues for communication is, is just so important, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's been really, really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you so much to you both um, for, for that fascinating insights. And um, yeah, hopefully we can do a, a part two um, over, over the coming month or so and, uh, and see, how the, see how these sessions are, are coming along. But yeah, fantastic. And thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Max.